Hello, dear friends. It's Carly, and welcome to this episode of the I Learned Podcast. So glad you are here. I'm so glad I am here. These last few days, I have been really practicing my presence, my, like, I've, I've started peppering in exercises in silence, which silence is not something I, I normally gravitate towards. I'm almost always listening to something, some kind of background noise of some sort, um, to drown out the silence. That was my intention from a very young age. Uh, I think a lot because I could hear things in the silence and it freaked me out. So I just covered up that silence and then it wasn't as scary. And now I'm these exercises in silence, like one example, you know, driving my car to town uh, from my house takes about eight minutes. And I would always put something on like before I ever left my garage, I'm starting music or a video or something. And so I just practice driving to town without any background music, like okay, I can do this. I can, I can exist in silence and in those spaces of silence through both listening to Eckhart Tolle, which is how you properly say his name. I definitely have pronounced it wrong in the past. If you've heard me on any other videos, um, but also Adrian Misher, I think is how you say her last name. Um, she has the YouTube channel Yoga with Adrian, and so I am on a streak. I am. Let me just look for you because I do believe yesterday was something of a bit of a milestone. Yes, it was. There we are. Yep, yesterday was twenty-one days of yoga and 23 days of no alcohol. So <laughs> doing a bit of a, a change of scenery, I guess you would say. Like I heard Karen Kilgariff on her podcast, My Favorite Murder. Uh, she shares that podcast with Georgia Hardstark. But Karen was, uh, Georgia was working on quitting drinking and Karen stopped all substances a long time ago because she had lots of different substance abuse issues. Um, and so she's been sober for like, I don't know, 20 years or something like long. And she described getting drunk, like, yeah, it's fun and whatever. But like when you do it every night, it's like going to the same hallway and like being in the same hallway, like night after night after night. And when you've done it for like so many days and weeks and months and years, um, eventually it's kind of boring. But like, even then it takes a while to like flip out of it and quit going to the hallway because now that's your normal and that's what you know. And so to decide to stop with the substances, to stop going to this place where you've been going there every day for a long time. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big, it's a big shift in your whole self. And so, yeah, I mean, to have 23 days of no alcohol, that's. I mean, that's basically I drank every day for the last three years, like every evening I would have a few beers and even saying evening is somewhat generous because I, <laughs> I also choose to define time uh, as relative. So like 
evening to me means the end of my day, not necessarily society's definition of evening. So like, I like saying that in the evening I would have a couple beers because, you know, evening for me, if I'm going to bed at six o'clock evenings, like 2 PM and yeah, like come evening, I'm going to have a couple beers. Cause like if I woke up at three or four o'clock in the morning, yeah, six o'clock might be my bedtime. So like, it's all relative. And when I don't have anywhere to be, I get to live on whatever time schedule I want. So like all of these factors combined to like, I really, there was something about like what she said about the hallway. Like it was kind of boring. Like eventually I felt like I'm reaching for more than this. Like this is fine, but like I'm reaching for more than this. And I didn't really know what to do with that. Um, And then it just organically happened where I just didn't feel like drinking anymore. And that was 23 days ago. So like, we'll see. Um, But like the very first thing that happened, you know, two days in, I get the urge to do yoga. And now I also have three weeks, 21 days of yoga. Today will be day 22. Uh, And that both of those have been so powerful. So I do that daily yoga at home in my bedroom. Um, and I use the yoga with Adrian videos really, really adore her. She's also a life path six for all of you fellow life path sixers, uh, who I know listen to this. So both of them really teach and practice being present to the now moment and practicing that role of the observer and letting whatever is going to come up, let it come up, whatever is in the moment, let it be and simply observe it. Don't, you don't need to label it. You don't need to put it in a category. You can just be present to whatever is and let this eternal now moment just evolve into this total bliss of connecting with your broader awareness and being able to see what is for what it is. And I lay this this fancy foundation, this fancy foundation, because all of this to say, I have spent the last several days as I've practiced patience, what has come to the surface is fear, massive fear, like, holy shit, (laughs) like, I'm shaking just now even thinking back to like fear. When I really let silence creep in, when I really like let all of the outside world fall away and I only allow my inner world to be what's there and then I just let whatever is be, what it is is fear. And it has been so scary, (laughs) so scary. Uh, as this this energy is rising to the surface, and I know that like it's it's a huge energy presence, this energy being that is rising to the surface of of my being. Um, it's life changing. It's it's a fork in the road. It's a before and after. It's a complete metamorphosis of who I am, and. it's been really interesting because I genuinely believed I still do, but this is like really getting to walk the walk of my own beliefs because I believe in the universe. I believe in 
well-being is dominant. I believe in everything is always working out for me. I believe in following the path of most fun. I believe in allowing myself to feel as good as I can feel in any now moment. I believe in all of these things and yet I am so afraid by what I see as my next step that I, I'm wanting to take. Like there's there's a huge part of me that says this is exactly right. This is what I need to do. And then there is another part that is desperately fearful and clinging to what I would have to give up to make all of this possible. So I want to start by sharing the card that really kicked this off. Um, because of this card, this tarot card, I, I felt compelled to call on my soul council, which is like, I don't even think I've ever done that before. I've had a soul council reading like channeled by somebody else. I've had a few of those actually. Um, but I've never like tried to connect with them on purpose all by myself. And I first had the idea to like call that person and have her channel something for me, but you know, she's going to charge me and something came over me and said, no, you can do it. You can, you have what it takes. Just, just quiet yourself and lean into it and ask your questions and open your mind like you do and receive your answers. And so that's what I did. I, I did a journaling thing where I was like, here, if I had Lori, who is the person who channels soul councils, if I had Lori in front of me right now, um, what would I ask her? And the very first question that came to mind was explain this tarot card. And my thinking mind tried to talk me out of that. Like Lori doesn't know tarot. Lori is not a tarot practitioner. She doesn't know that language, so to speak. Um, so you can't ask her that. And then this other knowing came over me and was like, you're in your journal right now. You can ask whatever you want and you're the one opening up to infinite intelligence and you know tarot. So maybe they can com like communicate with you through that language. Um, to further explain what is with this tarot card that I have drawn like 30 times in the last week. Like back-to-back -back times, multiple times a day, every day drawing this one card. There's 78 cards in a tarot deck and this one card. Um, I'm looking for it, which I guess I don't need to. I just need the book. But I guess I needed to say all of that. So it's the Two of Wands and the <laughs> the picture uh, you can see on my Instagram at owning authenticity. Um, the picture is of a girl and she's sitting inside looking out of a window and she's got a wand leaning up in the corner and then she's got a different wand that she's holding and next to her on the floor as she looks out is a globe, a map, and a bus, like a little VW wagon bus. Um, that's, I think, painted red in the picture. I can't tell because this version in the book is black and white, but it also has like a surfboard leaning up against it. And she's got this bus and she's got this globe and this map and this desire, this longing on her face. And I mean, this could be me. This could be me sitting inside my office. And the literal translation is bus life. So like living on a bus, being a digital nomad and living on the road and working from wherever I land at any given time and traveling around and all of these things and building a bus to live on, to go do this life, having a bus life. 
Um, this is something that I pitched to Dolly a couple months ago. We've talked about it before, but I like really brought it up seriously a couple months ago. And then, you know, other things come up and whatever, and it just didn't really go anywhere at the time. And then about a week and a half ago, I started drawing the two of wands over and over and over. And so I'm going to share with you this card. Uh, the keywords are planning your future, making progress, activation, possibilities, the choice between your comfort zone and new adventures. You need to make a choice to really do that thing you want to do or not. You can dream it and envision it, or you can begin to live it. Planning and imagining can have us feeling like the observers of a dream, and our action is the only way to bring that dream to life. It's time to choose between the wand that's cozily rooted in the place you already know, or the one that leans into exciting new possibilities. Take a deep breath because self-initiated change can be scary. The only way to take strides toward your goal is to make your move. Learn that thing, call that contact, make that decision. Non-action won't get you there and will likely have you feeling the angst of dreaming the dream instead of walking the talk. Use the fire energy of the wands to initiate your shift. And the affirmation the world is filled with opportunities for adventure, and I welcome them into my life with planned action. <sighs> so I've been drawing this card over and over and over again, and it literally says, like, are you going to stay in your comfort zone? Or are you going to lean into the dream that you know you have? Because, you know, pitching Bus Life to Dolly a couple months ago, that was really just like the next level of excitement with like bringing that dream to life. Cause that had already been a vision of mine for years, for years. I have dreamed of being the type of entrepreneur that can make my money from anywhere, either because I work digitally like online or because all of my streams of income are passive. That is really the goal. Um, but yeah, that I can just be physically anywhere I choose at any time. I can move about completely freely. And now that I have, you know, within the last couple of weeks manifested that I no longer have hours where I'm responsible to be physically at Cecil K's at the grocery store that's here in my hometown. So now seven days a week, 365, I'm free to be wherever I choose to be. And I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's by chance that all of this is unfolding at the same time that like, here I am free seven days a week and processing through that freedom. Um, at the same time, like I'm giving up alcohol and I'm taking up yoga and I'm connecting inwardly into my inner stillness. And then all of a sudden I'm ready to hear Eckhart Tolle as he talks about presence and stillness. And that as I practice stillness, everything that's coming up is all of the reasons why I'm not yet living bus life. It's all my fears. It's all my, like, I think, you know, there's a couple of major fears. Um, one that I was aware of, one that I became aware of yesterday, which is like a whole second act to this story. Um, but the one that I was mainly aware of was, you know, I have a pile of savings. It's called my 401k. And 
you know, you can take that out of there for a 10% penalty and you have to pay taxes on it depending on how much money you've already made that year. And I haven't made very much money this year, so I could still afford to pull some money out of there and pay very little in penalties. So basically the fear is that to make bus life happen, I see, ooh, that's interesting. I hadn't even occurred, that hadn't even occurred to me. Thank you. Thank you for pulling this out of me. But my original thought was that I, I only have one option of like taking my 401k and building this bus with that money, which would mean the only way that I can do this is if I give up my safety net, my only savings, you know, put all my savings into this dream. And I also don't think it's an accident that like about a week ago, uh, Dolly came home with a few movies for us to watch. And one of them was Field of Dreams. And out of everything else that she had there, Field of Dreams, like just stood out like a bright shining light, like watch me, watch me. And how freaking poetic is that? That like a week ago, I see this guy's journey of getting this vision, this inner knowing of like what he needs to do. And they pour all their savings into him doing what he feels like he needs to do. And down to the point where the bank is like taking their house, taking their farm, they have nothing to fight them off with other than, you know, stick with it and hope for the best. And you did this for the right reasons. So trust that in the end, it'll all work out. And the very end scene of that movie is this line of cars showing up to pay to see the field of dreams. So their money problems were solved there at the end of the movie. So yeah, it's, it's like that. It's like, are you willing to give up your safety net to live the life that you feel you're supposed to be living? Like this vision that you can see that you just know to be true. It's so strong. It's so magnetic and pulls my attention, pulls my daydreaming, pulls my fantasizing. Um, I have visions of myself on the bus. I have visions of myself in the places that will go on the bus. Um, because that's that's really probably the scarier part is that in those visions, I'm not alone. I am with Dolly. And Dolly is there in the building of the bus, in the, the setting sail on the bus, the living on the bus, um, the living with the dogs on the bus, like all of that. She's right there for all of that. And it really calls into question my issues around commitment and intimacy and my own vulnerability and my own like willingness to bet on another person. Um, because that's the thing, like I don't see myself as particularly capable or desiring to actually build the bus. And when we're living on the bus, again, there's pieces that like I see her doing and I don't, I don't necessarily see myself pulling this off by myself. So like bus life, quote unquote, is also code for what I feel like is taking Dolly and I's relationship to like a whole nother level where I have, I have emotionally kept her at a distance where we don't share property. We don't share anything. Like we are two completely independent beings and I'd like to think that I did that 
because I'm evolved and because I'm not going to make the same mistakes that I made in the past. And I'm going to have healthy boundaries now instead of, instead of like completely enmeshing with another person and forming another, another codependent relationship. And so I've kept her at this distance. And yesterday talking about this merged path of building the bus together and living on the bus together and like doing this journey together, um, it feels like a dam that I had built between her and I, like it broke open and the wave of fear and pain and angst that washed through me. Um, I cried and I like bawled and I just screamed. I screamed like three different times. I really scared my dogs. I didn't mean to, um, But oh my God, the release, if I've never said it before, like allow me to just put this little bubble of love around the act of crying because the power of letting resistance melt out of you through your tears is so loving to your larger self, to your, to like your ability to connect with your higher self and your, your whole self. Any of that tension that we hold on to, it limits us from connecting to who we really are in that powerful way. And yesterday, something broke free and it only happened through like a magnitude of fear where I just couldn't hold it in anymore. I was so afraid I had to cry. (laughs) I was like scared to the point where I snapped and the fear melted away and like it's it's not there it's replaced with again what I thought I knew and now I'm getting to live in real time of like everything is always working out for me anything that ever happens along this path will be for my highest good and the highest good of anyone who is sharing the path with me that includes Dolly that includes my dogs that that includes anybody that we would ever meet along the way That includes the, I saw a vision of like leasing my house, you know, my house where I live right now and that like the people who are going to move into it and that it's going to be so perfect for them and it's going to be such an upgrade for them and they're going to feel like the most blessed beings on the face of the planet to get to move in here and all of the pieces that are going to fall into place to like perfectly bring all of this together and any challenges or obstacles that might ever arise are only to enact the divine timing of my highest good unfolding and the highest good of everyone. Like, like Dolly's example is perfect. Um, she is starting a blog by the way she writes and she went on one of her excursions, which is what she wants to write about. She wants to take excursions and experience local places and then write about local places and, you know, shining her spotlight of her attention and her voice on loving local and voting for these local businesses with your dollars and really connecting to the individual beings behind these local businesses. And so that's her larger intention of what she wants to do. And so one of the first places that she thought to go was Olathe, Kansas, which is her hometown where she was born. 
and she moved away from there, I think when she was like 15 or 16. And so she got the idea to go back and explore Olathe and let that be a trip down memory lane, let it be a getting familiar with what the town has become since she left and exploring the expansions that have happened. And her car broke down in the parking lot of a brewery that she decided to try. She drove all the way there, which is like an hour and a half maybe, to get there and drove around for a couple hours in Olathe. And then she parked her car at a brewery she decided to try and the check engine light came on. And I forget exactly what was wrong with it. I'm not a car person, but she needed a tow and she found somebody to come get her. He'll be there in three hours. Oh, (laughs) okay. And she and I just gushed back and forth over how lucky she was to like break down there and not on the side of I-70. And now you're waiting on the side of I-70 all by yourself with no food or drink um, for three hours for the guy to come get you, you know, like you landed in a brewery and they have food and oh my goodness. And of course, as it happens, the people were magical. They were such wonderful co-creators to that experience for her. They treated her with such kindness and she in turn is like writing about them and going to shine the spotlight on their business and them and for being such wonderful people in this world. And oh my goodness, like, and we both like concurred that, yeah, I mean, if her car hadn't broken down, she's like, I probably would have had a beer and then I was going to go home. Like she was already about to go home when she decided to try the brewery. So she probably would have just like had one beer and then drove driven on home. So the fact that her car broke down, that was the only way that experience was going to happen. And it was a magical one. So all is well in the end, you know, like even her car breaking down, it served her highest good. It served the highest good of those people who worked there. It served the highest good of the tow truck people who came and got her because their daughter was the final piece to, (laughs) to having our schedule covered. She is like now working at the store because Dolly spent that time with them on the ride back and talked about like, we're looking for help at the store and now she works there. So like all of these ripple effects from Dolly's car breaking down, like something that looks on the surface, like it's bad. And it wasn't at all. It was exactly what was supposed to happen. And that is such a good representation of the peace that I'm feeling at this moment of everything is always working out for me. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to fear with the bus. There's nothing to fear with Dolly. There's nothing to fear with the people that we'll meet along the way. There is nothing to fear. Only the highest good of everyone involved. That's all that's happening here. Nothing bad. Nothing bad is happening. You don't have to be afraid. You can move forward on this path and feel good about that. And that's huge. So I am, (laughs) after, you know, a good conversation with Dolly yesterday and a big long cry afterwards with a little scream therapy mixed in, um, I'm happy to announce that we are officially shopping for a bus. We are on the hunt for a bus. We are going to call around to some school school districts uh, and see if we can get a good lead on a nice, well-maintained bus that would serve our purposes and will be a good fit and a good price and a good situation for the school district. Like that ripple effect really gets me going too, because I think about, you know, right now with all the COVID everything, um, budgets are 
rising and there's not always the money and the funding that you need to support the increased budget that you need to spend to like make things work. So, you know, I thought about like, oh, how cool would that be if maybe they didn't even know that they wanted to sell a bus. But when I offer that I'm wanting to buy one, maybe they look at their fleet of buses and decide, hey, we don't really need this backup bus. And yeah, she could totally buy that. And then bam, there's 10 grand for our budget. Win, 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 (laughs) you know? So whatever broke free yesterday, it felt so good. And I can't, I mean, I feel like I can't even do it justice to acknowledge and be grateful that I understand that it came through fear, you know, like I was so scared. I was, I was letting myself lean forward, but I was still so afraid and it got to where I was so afraid that it just snapped and in an instant it was dissolving and by dissolving it, I mean like the volcano erupted. Like all of that pressure that had been brewing under the surface, like by the time a volcano erupts, a lot has happened to make that the case. A lot of pressure has built up inside of that system. And when the volcano erupts, balance is restored under the surface. And yesterday the volcano erupted and it was fucking magical and powerful. And it lasted, I'm going to say like a solid 10 minutes. I cried hard. And I like, I know the wisdom of crying and the powerful, like releasing of resistance that happens through that process of like, like screaming out that energy and pushing it out through your tears. Um, and so I did, I feel like I pushed every ounce of it that I could reach for. I cried it all out. And 10 minutes later, I was so fucking tired. I was so exhausted. I I went and lay down for basically the rest of the day. That was at like one o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, that's good work for today. Good, good job team. Let's retire to the locker rooms. And yeah, I just basically went and laid down. I got up and like half-assed did my yoga because I didn't want to kill my streak. So I feel good about showing up for that, even though I, like I said, I mean, it was like 11 minutes and then I was in child child's pose for another four and I called it good. So, you know, keeping those streaks, it's a lot about being easy on yourself and like acknowledging that showing up is the hardest part, showing up for yourself, keeping your promise to yourself. That's the hardest part. So if you've done that part, let the rest of it look like whatever it's going to look like and move on with your day, you know, and that's where I am again today is realizing my energy still feels so low. Like I, I am the volcano that erupted, like right after it erupts, there's nothing in there, you know, and then give it a little time and a little a little energy starts to build up in there and then a little more and then a little more and then a little more. And I'm hoping to like never erupt again, you know, but that seems unrealistic. And at the same time, it was so satisfying. It was so, you know, like, like eating when you're hungry and you feel full afterwards or when you're horny and you have an orgasm and you feel relieved afterwards, like, like now I can just go to sleep like a little baby. Um, it was like that. It was like this needed to happen. And this dam has been built up and the power behind the dam, I've been aware of it, but I just like, didn't have what I needed to, to let that go. And I realize now because I was still so much numbing what was going on inside of me. And I'm realizing like giving up alcohol, having 23 days without it, 
what it's doing is letting me see all of the ways that I do numb myself. Like my binge eating, um, I don't think I realized how big of a problem that, that was. Or how, maybe not a problem, but how big of a coping mechanism it is for me. Um, and... Oh, just like never being in silence, you know, like constantly having something going. So like my drive to my drive to town, that's one where I'm practicing also in my shower because showering is such a tactile experience. There should be plenty to focus on that. I don't need something else also to listen to. Um, but I've showered with something playing my whole entire life again, because I do not like the silence. I can hear things and it freaks me out, but I, that's another place where I am practicing not having something playing and those little bits of adding in silence. I think I'm removing more and more and more of my numbing coping mechanisms and the real deal is able to peek its head out. And that's where I'm saying, like, I don't think I realized like how much fear I was really holding on to until yesterday when it was erupting out of my eyeballs and my screams and all of that. So yeah, it's, it's all such an interesting process. Like for the better majority, I'm going to say last 90% of my crying, it wasn't in, like, I wasn't stuck inside the pain of what I was feeling. I was like, I was releasing myself of it because I understand that crying is melting resistance. And while I had it going, I was going to like make it count for all it was worth. Um, I was going to push out every stale, stagnant, sour piece of energy I could reach for. Um, and so 90% of my time crying was like me doing it on purpose to release this stuff. And so, yeah, like when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And that's exactly like the piece that's washed over me, you know, since, since releasing all of that pent up energy yesterday is everything is always working out. There is nothing to fear because even obstacles are blessings waiting to unfold. You know, those challenges that pull something out of you that you didn't know was in there. And to be grateful for anything that shows up in our now moment. Oh, feels so good to rest here in this now moment. You know, I haven't shared these last few days because like I said, it's been mostly just an awareness of fear building up to yesterday's moment of eruption. And if I can leave you with anything, I think it would be to like, you know, don't worry so much about the eruptions. They may not be pretty, you know, go put yourself in a room by yourself. Go, go get somewhere where nobody's going to hear you have your eruption and then just let it happen. Let it happen and make the most of it while it's there embrace it for what it is, a melting of the resistance, a permanent release of resistance, resistance that you may have been carrying your whole life, maybe even lifetimes. Milk the release for all it's worth when it comes, allow it to happen. So I think I'm a lot also just like a time capsule for myself, a lot recording that so that someday hopefully I can go back and listen to that the next time I feel in a moment where fear is driving my bus. I don't, 
It doesn't feel good for fear to drive my bus. It doesn't feel good for worry to take over and to think that I'm going to be left without nothing and no one and no resources and completely just destitute, you know? Um, That doesn't feel good. And the reason is because my inner being knows how ridiculous it is. Knows that the universe is never going to let that happen to me. You know, I've taken leaps of faith before and the universe caught me every single time. And I can rely on that faith again and I can leap again. And so I am. So that is, that's, that's where I'm at for this moment. You know, the journey, (laughs) the journey to actually setting sail, living on a bus with Dolly and my dogs, like that all is yet to unfold. But my willingness to step onto the path, that was the first step and it has been taken. So we're now unfolding. So until next time, when I share the next chapter, you take really good care of yourself. And so will I.